Paris is great for walking. Hi, I'm Rick Steves, and coming up in the hour ahead, two Parisian guides will help us navigate the streets of their city with tips for enjoying the city's neighborhoods on foot or maybe even on rollerblade. Well, Rue Montorgueil, yeah, that's a place yeah, where, you know, uh, tourists are not very seen very much. It's yeah, very local, right. very mm-hmm. French, very Parisian. Well, the underground metro trains are handy and efficient. The streets are where you'll find the charming cafes, trendy art galleries, tempting shops, and flea markets that have you itching to shop. And gardens. Along with its famous parks, Parisians love to soften the edge of their city by creating small, out-of-the-way gardens. A New York Times journalist based in Paris also joins us today to offer her suggestions for some of the best places in the city to rest your feet, or maybe even steal a kiss. It's the coolest place. It's the coolest secret garden in Paris. Put on your walking shoes. Paris is waiting for us. It's Travel with Rick Steves. Whether it's a wander down colorful back lanes or a promenade down grand boulevards, Paris feels made to order for walking. Today on Travel with Rick Steves, a pair of local French guides will help us plan walks to experience the neighborhoods of this great city up close. And later in the hour, an American journalist based in Paris offers tips for enjoying the city's small and hidden public gardens, where you can rest your feet and savor the moment in true Parisian fashion. When I think about Paris, I think broad sidewalks, royal parks, grand boulevards leading to famous monuments, elegant cafes, even elegant benches, proud neighborhoods with characteristic locals and their dogs enjoying the cityscape. It's a great city for walking, not power walking, but just floating through the city of light, savoring an aimless stroll through Europe's greatest city. That's what I want to do right now, and with the help of two Parisians, Arnaud Servignat joins me, as does William Altman. William and Arnaud, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Hello. When I talk about walking through Paris, you guys live in Paris. Do you appreciate what a beautiful city it is just for simply walking? Absolutely, yeah, we do. Tell me why. Well, as a Parisian, when you walk, you go to one place, to another. I would say not necessarily uh, just uh, watching the the architecture. You're just enjoying being uh, out, 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 out. Yeah, you, you enjoy everything. You enjoy, you know, the facades, the shops, the people. You know, even though you go to the same point, you, you might use a different streets just to, oh, you know, to change the itinerary for to, once to appreciate the, the yeah, real really. the elegance of your yeah. city and then to appreciate, you know, the uh, how do you call, you know, the the homey feeling, the ambiance that yeah, the ambiance that you you know very well the whole place, and then you just want to change of street to go from A to because B. you do a lot of walking to get around, and yes. you ju- you make a point to change the route just to enjoy well, a different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Paris is a walking city anyway. So even when you go to take the, the metro, I mean, you you will just enjoy walking mm. uh, from the stop. Yeah, from, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, one thing that's impressive to me about Paris, just visually, is you have these grand boulevards, and at the end of the grand boulevards, there's a grand monument. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it was planned this way. It was planned this way. That was planned by uh, Baron Haussmann, who was the uh, minister of Napoleon III. So the idea was whenever big avenues was opened, there should be a monument on the other side to really face each other. Uh. Right. And the idea also behind was to have a big, large avenues. Uh, With trees as well. Trees. And what we like also is the uh, unity of style. Mm-hmm. Because mm. most of Paris goes back to the second half of the 19th century. Mm-hmm. It was completely redesigned. And then you have a standard of uh, the layout of uh, houses. So there's strict regulations where you can't just build a skyscraper in the middle of Paris. No, you can't, you can't do that. And you, yeah, I think you can't actually uh, overpass seven floors in the mm. center of Paris. I think so. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. But you know, um, uh, Rick, even though, you, well, uh, William says, you know, it's, uh, it's all looked together because it's, it's mostly from the 19th century. Harmonious. But even, yes, harmonious. But even though uh, you have really uh, older buildings and they really blend with the newer ones, and that's really what is called in Paris so there's, too. There's an aesthetic. Yeah, there is an aesthetic. And, and, and people it, care it about this. all blends together. Yes. People care about mm. this. Now yeah, also, the streets are designed, I think it feels, for walking. As a matter of fact, the Champs-Élysées, the grandest boulevard, they actually widened the sidewalks recently, didn't they? Yes. Well, well actually, they didn't widen it. They just cancelled a kind of a street where cars were parked and they yeah. replanted a second row right. of trees, which is the way it was at the origin. And the idea was to have uh, underground parking 
So to have more space. Is that it? They took away the parking yeah, on the street? I didn't notice that. Yeah. I just noticed it was much more people-friendly. Right. And if you look, I mean... The, the, it was Chirac's idea yeah, the, when the he cars, was mayor of Paris at the, the time. The cars cannot park along the, uh, the avenue anymore. So uh, it's, it's all about the politics, you know. I mean, the, the, the street where the, the car where parks is from the time of Pompidou, who was very much yes. into the car, 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 you know. Right. And, and Chirac just went reverse. So it was really, you know, to, to make yes, the city more friendly. Right. And then mm-hmm. there was more, a, more people friendly. And Chirac, yeah. I, I know they don't do this anymore, but he was famous for cleaning up those sidewalks also. I remember yes. when there was those little green vehicles. Pooper scoopers. Yeah. Pooper yeah. scoopers, yeah. yeah. The motocrot, yeah. we used to call the them. <laughs> the, the what? They the disappeared. The motocrot. What does that mean? Uh, poop is good. Well, poop yeah, is, hot, poop, hot yeah. is a poop. poop. Okay, yeah. so the moto. moto. And moto is and a moto bicycle. Is motorbike. Um, motorbike. So, moto. uh, so say, we're learning French here. Say it again. <laughs> Motocot. Motocot. <laughs> so these little guys, they look like little green spacemen with their long vacuum cleaners. And they would go down the street and they would vacuum up anything yeah. that uh, a poodle would leave. Yes. And then they would actually scrub it, a little soap and water after uh, that. Yeah, right. something like this. Right, right. But you know they disappeared. Uh, you know why? No, why? Because people assumed that it was going to be cleaned so they would not uh, pick up the, the poop of their dogs afterwards. Right. And now, I mean, they imposed that uh, if you don't pick up af- after your dog, you get a file. Yeah. Ah, so oh. people so are carrying a, plastic yes, bags. It's rather expensive. Right. Uh, so uh, people so, are surprised sometimes. They, yeah. Yeah, it uh, happened to me in my neighborhood. You know, a woman was passing by and a policeman jumped on her with, uh, it was dressed civilian and she was so surprised. She said, oh, okay, I'm going to pick it up then. So I don't know, too late. You know, you're having a fine. <laughs> well, a plain clothes Yes, or, yes. Uh, you police, know, policemen uh, in Paris are, are very often, you know, addressed uh, as civilian. We have a yeah. very hidden security. Hmm. Uh, we don't like, you know, to show off. Well, I don't know if you noticed that, but uh, recently I, I found. I mean, it's back. Uh, mm-hmm. We we find the poops. even people yeah, are getting a bit, a bit again. more. Yeah, yeah they okay. stopped well, uh, peaking. I'm uh, impressed by how Paris um, really is a. What's the population of, of Greater Paris now? Uh, greater is about eight millions, I think. Eight million something. Well, like if you if you include the yeah, if, you, the suburbs, if you include huh? the uh, Ile de France, I mean it's yes. 11, 11, 11 million. Really? Yeah. That, oh yeah. my God! Yeah. It's That's a, much. But the point is, it works <laughs> yeah. amazingly well. I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're speaking with Arnaud Servignon and William Altman. We're talking about Paris, and one of the charms of Paris for me, Arnaud, is the markets. There's uh, wonderful market streets. Uh, of course, Rue Claire is my favorite uh, near the um, Les Invalides. Mm-hmm. And up in uh, Montmartre, there's a beautiful street. Uh, yes. Uh, are you talking of Rue Montorgueil? Oh, I love that place. Yes, that's a really cool place. It's on the right bank. Uh, well, there's not very many streets like this, are there? Uh, we don't have so many. I mean, yes, there's Rue Montorgueil, there's Rue des Martyrs as well, but that's not pedestrianized. Uh, Rue Montorgueil is really pedestrianized. But what they are is there, it's like everybody so. dumped the entire neighborhood onto the street and you're sorting through it. It's it's all of the economy, all of the people, all of the families, the the whole all world the locals, is together. Actually, you know, they all the local, it's a local scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really a local neighborhood and mm-hmm. people just mm-hmm. shop there. William, when you on like daily to find basis. A, um, Rue Montorgueil, what is, what is the really? Rue Montorgueil. Rue Montorgueil. Oh, I love that street. I love even the way you say it. name, I wish I could talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> William, what is your favorite market street when you want to enjoy a neighborhood in Paris? Um, for a while, it was, uh, it was uh, the one uh, in Bastille, behind um, the Rue Saint-Antoine. That's where I used to go and, and shop was for, your neighborhood? for the, That's uh, in the Marais. market. It's, uh, no, it's on the other side of the Marais. On the Bastille, I mean, it's, yeah. uh, on the Bastille, it's, it's the Bastille uh, ah. section, huh? On uh, Richard Lenoir, no? Uh, no, 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 the one on Richard Lenoir, the, the Marché de l'Aligre. Ah, uh, the Ligre. Marché de l'Aligre, oh yes, it's fantastic. A-L-I-G-R-E. It was uh, full of uh, colors because of uh, also of the immigrants. Mm-hmm. Uh, part, I mean, uh, you had a lot of uh, North Africans uh, uh, selling, I mean, the food as well. So, uh, I mean, now, now this is very interesting, as both of you were so enthusiastic about this market when it came to you, and then you say it's full of colors, and that, of course, is the the um, colorful culture brought into your country from immigrant labors. Mm-hmm. And if you just read the newspaper, you hear about burning cars and so on and, and immigrant problems. But here you're celebrating the diversity brought into your city because you've got immigrant labor. Okay, so if you yes. want to talk uh, about... That's the, another the, subject. The, <laughs> it's, it's a complete uh, different subject. Yeah. But uh, the, one of the problems, and that's uh, unfortunately uh, Jacques Chirac, who was the mayor of Paris for 20 years, uh, for a period of time, I mean, they Getting into politics, uh, ultimately, yeah, huh? yeah, ultimately <laughs> uh, uh, draw all the uh, workers and, of course, all the immigrants Outside, out of the city, yeah, in the suburbs. out of the city, in the yes, suburbs. In the suburbs. Now. We have a, a, such a concentration it's kind of, of ghettos, immigrants, you know, ghettos it's, it's, yeah. outside of the city. 
And that's, that's what started those riots in, in and then outside they, they, of the city. They, they really live among each other. And then so there was a policy yes. made by which mayor? Jacques Chirac. Chirac. Jacques Chirac. He Chirac. was the mayor Chirac. of Paris so he, for 20 years before he became the president of France. And he wanted to move the it's, immigrants out into the suburbs. He, he didn't want... I don't know if he wanted... Uh, but but that was his policy. That was the result. That's what happened. Consequently, the stress today. I mean, one more, yes. cleaning the city, getting a city... Uh, open for mostly the tourists and the mm-hmm. wealthy people. Yes. Uh, ultimately, you get all those uh, people outside of the city in ghettos, and that's where you have also the high rate of unemployment. So, and I problems mean, of integration as well. Right. So the city so, will pay the price, yeah. ultimately. Uh, absolutely. Oh, yes, yes, you don't yes. need much to, to start the riot yeah, outside yeah. Of, oh, yeah, of the yeah, city. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every um, New Year's Eve, there's cars burning in, in many uh, major cities, suburbs, and when you hear France is burning, it's really actually the suburbs. The suburbs. And, and only one or two, you know, it's very, uh, very uh, local. Well, huh? getting back to the topic of our, our discussion here, walking across Paris, generally when you're in the, where the tourists will be, where all the famous sites are and so on, if you're using common sense about pickpockets or something, are you safe to be walking? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, you just have to be conscious that what, pickpockets are around. And, uh, and what time do the, does the metro stop running? Oh, around 1 o'clock one, in the morning. One in the morning. And so. even later now on the weekend. Yeah. Start in the morning at 5.30. 5.30, yeah, so it's so very efficient, wonderful. Yeah. And you have night buses as well. Mm. I mean, that's, yes, uh, every 15 minutes now, so it's, uh, you, basically people yeah. don't even take the taxi anymore. Yeah. And you have right. those bicycles, you know those bicycles uh, available? Yeah, Paris now uh, has a wonderful That's system. an incredible right. network. Where people can just swipe their card yes. and, so basically and ride you a have, bicycle and park have, it anywhere else in the town. Absolutely. Well, you have like 900 stations all over Paris, totalizing about 20,000 bicycles. And then you pick up your bicycle on one spot. And then you drop it on and another And this is one. not just a feel-good green gimmick, but this is actually uh, efficient and people oh, are taking advantage efficient. of it. Oh, very efficient. I, I use it all the time. You know, this has yeah. changed my life, really. I've yeah. seen these bike schemes all over Europe, and the very best quality bicycles are in Paris. These, The other bikes, when you do it in, in Copenhagen, you feel like you escaped a circus. You know, it's a goofy little <laughs> bike. You have to know that the first, first city who did that was Lyon. It was experimental. And then Paris did it on a larger scale. And since, every city in Europe is just doing it because it's so successful. In Nice, they started as well. And for my first time, after 20 years of visiting Paris, I got myself a bike and I went around the town using the bike lanes You tried it? And it was wonderful. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I didn't didn't use that system. I rented a bike. bike. Oh, you rented them. You can sightsee in Paris by bike quite uh, effectively. And if you use the Velib, I mean, uh, just uh, drop it uh, after less than an hour and it doesn't cost any money. The first half hour is free. The first half hour is free. This is uh, the Vel... What's the name? Velib. How do you spell that? Velib. V-E-L-I-B. Comes from Velo. Velo is is a bicycle. And and liberty. Liberty. uh, You can can enjoy Paris on foot or on two wheels. I'm Rick Steves. (laughs) This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about walking and biking through Paris with Arnaud Savignon and William Altman. Our phone number is 877-333-RICK. You can email us at radio at ricksteves.com. Momentarily, we'll take your calls as we walk through the City of Light.
I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're walking across Paris with two Parisians, Arnaud Sauvignon and William Altman. You know, when you think about walking in Paris, there used to be an elevated train line that came into the city. They stopped running on the train and they thought, hey, let's make this a like a, a jogging path or a great ah, city oui, park you, walk. You're talking of la, la, la promenade plantée. Promenade plantée. Yes. Have you been on that? Uh, many times, yes. It's a great way to look into people's uh, condo worlds almost. You're up there above the streets. It's quite nice. William, have you enjoyed the Promenade yeah. Plantee? Yeah, very much. It was a way to use the facilities, uh, which were originally for something else, and then uh, instead of uh, destroying the The, the tracks team, and uh, was, the arcades. It's, yeah. uh, yes. it's a clever idea, isn't it's it? It's beautiful. Very clever. Yeah. These uh, brick arches that would have been just places where... Um, uh, homeless people would yes, sleep or go, where you'd sleep, have all yeah. sorts of uh, strange things going on or whatever. Yeah, yes. And they actually gentrified it. I think the government subsidized the rent. They bring in mm-hmm. shops. Mm-hmm. Suddenly you have a vibrant new dimension of Paris. And beautiful shops mm-hmm. and nice Very cafes as well. Yeah. So this mm-hmm. is the Promenade Plantee and it goes to, uh, like from the Bastille out. Outside to, uh, mm-hmm. to the right. east, yes. Another yeah. fun aspect of enjoying Paris on your feet is to be out on Friday night or Sunday, I believe, afternoon when thousands of people are rollerblading together. Mm-hmm. Friday evening, yes. Yeah, Friday evening. They, the, they, they uh, change every weekend. They, to they, a different location? To a different location. Itinerary, yes. yes. So they close different streets down, and on yeah. Friday yes. it's the serious roller. Well, they don't close the streets, really. In fact, the policemen are in front yeah. and mm-hmm. in the back and then on the side. Okay, so they and just the take over the streets. And the police are actually on rollerblades to accompany them. Right. But on the weekend, uh, they close some of the uh, main street, uh, like uh, the, the one along the river, the one uh, along the uh, the canal. Yes, that's uh, they close a new it. mayor. Uh, by the way, Delanoe, the yes. first socialist mayor of Paris forever. Yes, <laughs> You've got a yes. socialist yeah. mayor. Yeah. And you're seeing some different, right some sort of yes. uh, people-friendly, oh, yes, close yes. the streets down, yeah. make yeah. the parks well, better. I think Delanoe has uh, maybe, I think, uh, a car stood on his foot when he was a baby. So he declared war to the cars in Paris. He doesn't like cars. He doesn't like cars. Well, that'll yeah. be interesting for us. In fact, in the yeah. summer, if you know where to go, you can find a beach, uh, the Perry Plage, yes, on the very same spot. That's something yeah, yeah, uh, organized by uh, Delanoe. Oh, and it's organized by him too because yeah, I love absolutely. that. You go to Paris yeah. and it's just, it's fun to see Parisians just kicking back with a fruity drink, enjoying mm-hmm, the sun mm-hmm. on a lounge chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't have city. a beach, though. You don't have a beach, so you made one. Yes, yeah. well, it's a beach without the water. I mean, the water is there, but it's not accessible. But, got, there's, but, uh, there's but sand the, all yeah. along the Seine River, on, on the north bank, I think, you've mm-hmm. got this. On the right uh, bank, yes, north, so from and, the Louvre, right. more or less. It's a beautiful walk, and you'll be seeing a lot of Parisians out sunbathing, and you can stop. Palm trees. Palm trees, even. Sand is broad. Mm -hmm. Les berges, it's called les berges de de, de la Seine, and also along the uh, the, the Canal Saint-Martin. On the weekend, it's just for families. Oh, yes. yes, From Bastille all the way up north to to So close to traffic so people can walk on them. Can walk, use a rollerblade and uh, and, and bicycle. Do picnic as well. And picnic along And you have little bridges, you know, like uh, iron bridges uh, uh, around forming arches. It's Uh, a delightful city. Yeah, it is. I'd have to go to Paris sometime. Yeah, you have to come back. (laughs) We'll be happy to take you on some of these walks. Okay, (laughs) I have your phone number. You know, there's a beautiful place, a very, very short walk, but this pedestrian bridge, the, uh, the Pont des Arts, Pont des Arts. Oh, this Pont is a place Arts. where we actually have a picnic uh, every Friday night or Okay, whatever. so I said arts, um, but give me, give me it correctly. Pont des Arts. Pont des Arts. Le Pont des Arts. Yeah. Le Pont des Arts. Yeah. Yeah. That is the arts. arts. The arts yeah. bridge. So you'll hear the tourists say Pont des Arts. Yeah, yes. you don't okay. pronounce the T and the S. Regardless right? of how you pronounce it, it's a great place to get away from the traffic, right. enjoy a view of the Ile de la Cité, and be in the middle of Paris. Right. I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. Our phone number is 877-333-RICK. And Lisa's on the line in Puyallup, Washington. Lisa, thanks for your call. Hi, Rick. Um, I just wanted to add a little bit of information about how we've found walking in Paris to be most successful for us. Um, The first time we went, we walked everywhere. And then we realized that things are a little farther than it looks on the little map. And so then after that, we thought, oh, yes, we'll take the metro from where we are to where we want to walk and then walk around, and that worked out really well for us. Um, But I was wondering if the gentleman might like to suggest a walk that, if you've been to Paris several times, an area that we might not have seen. 
uh, I don't know where you have been and where you have not. <laughs> um, sort of the main tourist so areas, most, I guess. Mostly along the river, then, I suppose. Uh, where would you go uh, to Montmartre, get a neighborhood perhaps, away from yeah. the famous places? Yeah, yeah, a neighborhood would be great. Uh, then I would suggest perhaps, like William uh, spoke of before, you know, uh, Marchiali, Grand uh, the 11th yeah. arrondissement. Or even, even along the uh, Canal Saint-Martin, which became one of the uh, highlight of uh, P- yes, Paris. Yes, that's uh, very local. You know, Lisa, that's new to me, this Canal Saint-Martin. I think that's yeah, a very Canal good uh, place to leave the tourist crowd. Uh, yeah. well, Rue Montorgueil, yeah, that's a place yeah, where, you know, uh, tourists are not very seen very much. It's yeah, very local, right. very French, mm-hmm. very Parisian. There is a nice park that I like very much. It's not so well known by uh, foreigners. Les Buttes-Chaumont? Les Buttes-Chaumont. Ah, oui, there yeah, you go. Les Buttes-Chaumont. That's one of my favorites. That's okay, well, really yeah. the uh, Parisian park, I think, by excellence. Les Buttes-Chaumont. Les Buttes-Chaumont. It's northeast of Paris, Butte, around like the hill. area of Butte Belleville. Like and C-H-A-U-M-O-N-T. Ah, Le Butte Everybody Chaumont. Everybody knows Edith Piaf. Edith yeah. Piaf, right. Bon, Edith Piaf, she was uh, living in Ménilmontant area, Maurice Chevalier, so that's the area. That's the area. Very there you popular. go, Lisa. Got some ideas there? Yes. Wonderful. Thank you so mm. much. You're welcome. And I like Lisa's idea about if the walk's too long, hey, there's a metro station. Go yeah. down there. And Never forget the metro. You can always hop you know, along the, the, that metro. You know, the tourists are walking too much sometimes, and they forget the metro that it's part of Paris. And then to be in the metro is really to become a Parisian as well. Sure, absolutely. And the beautiful thing about the metro is a one-stop ride or a yes. ride all yeah. over the town Quick, costs the same. Safe, Quick, safe, and cheap. And then if you're not scared <laughs> too much, yeah. you can also uh, take the bus. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's very convenient. Bus is nice. Because you, you, you get to see, see the city. Uh, I like city taking bus, well. what is it, bus 69 that 69, goes all the way to the yeah. Père Lachaise. You get off at the yes. end at Père Lachaise, mm-hmm. and then you walk, speaking of Edith Piaf, you walk through the Père Lachaise Cemetery. That's a beautiful mm-hmm. walk, and it's a very evocative walk. We have Sharon on the line in Thousand Oaks, California. Sharon, thanks for your call. Oh, thank you, Rick. Um, I just wanted to say I like to walk everywhere, and my sister wanted to always take the metro, and it drove me nuts. And um, I think it took me longer to go with her on the metro than it did to start where I was going and walk wherever I wanted to go. We always stay in the left bank um, near the Sorbonne, and it's like our little neighborhood, and, you know, you have your own little neighborhood cafe and your own little neighborhood um, people and it's just it feels like family and more even than living in the United States and everybody is wonderful I speak very little French and I absolutely loved every moment I was there and you talked about the cemetery that I just walked to it I mean it's the thing is that in Paris every street is exciting and no matter where you're walking there's going to be something interesting and so you just take a little longer to get where you want to go if you're not walking really, really fast. So, Sharon, I think the beautiful thing, and, and uh, Arnaud mentioned this earlier, is just to enjoy the walk uh, for the walk itself. As a matter of fact, if you're staying in a hotel for a few days, as you are in the Sorbonne area, walk a different route home every day from the, yes. the metro just to experience a different slice of Paris. Mm-hmm. And take, right. take your time. You take your take time, your time. Yes. Don't, rush. Exactly. Don't rush. Don't rush. And, and I fell in love with parks that I wouldn't have known existed if I wasn't just doing that, because you have your local park that's right near where the hotel is, but then if you go a different route or get lost on purpose, you find really neat things and mm-hmm. great restaurants without even looking for them. And so. if you pause in a park long enough to watch the uh, sort of the, the rhythm of local life, you see the, the mothers and the fathers bringing their little kids to the sandbox, and you see oh, the yeah. old people that have been coming there for 20 years that still sit there and, and, watch and feed the birds or whatever. It's, you could write a poem in any park in Paris. But I really think that when you are in France or in Paris, uh, you really have to change your pace. Uh, this is a country where we, you know, we, we use our time. We, we take time to have lunch. We take time to actually sit on a bench to watch people. And that's part of our daily life. We don't run from, from A to B. Uh, Even though the uh, the city of Paris is a b- big city, yes. and the people, I mean, of course, if you take the metro at 7, 8 o'clock in the morning, it's, it's, it's going to be busy. People, yeah, yes. People are walking, of course. It's like New York. But, but why but, do you but, guys stop the people from sitting on the grass? No, we oh, in the parks. No, 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 we don't. It, it was, it was uh, never some, accepted no, 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 originally. No, no, no. Some uh, places you can actually go. I remember when I was Place a child Vosges. because uh, Place des Vosges you can, but you yeah, can, yeah, you can. But the normally in the parks you, you're, you're looking at the grass from the gravel area where you sit in the bench and watch the grass. It depends. Not, which not park anymore. It is. There's a wonderful park up by the Gare Saint Lazare. Gare Saint Lazare. Gare Saint Lazare. We were waiting, uh, and people all sat on, on the grass for like 
Monceau? Park Monceau, yes. yes. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, we so were in Park okay, Monceau. Okay, good. I, I yeah, stand Park really Monceau corrected. Park Monceau is very, so. very chic. Yeah. It's a very upscale place. You've got mansions around, and I don't think it's acceptable to actually really walk on the well, grass. It, it, it's just a different place. It, it's you know? also because they want the grass not to be uh, mm-hmm. ruined. Yeah. To yeah, be green, that's, yes. Yeah, it's, like having a, it's like having a reason. beautiful ball, and you cannot kick it because that might yeah, hurt it. <laughs> but so it, you, you know, look at it, and it's it, perfect forever. Uh, one enjoy thing, this you know, ball, it, but it, don't it, touch it. It has to remain beautiful. And in our culture, uh, we don't actually sit on the grass. If we do, we would do, go in the in the nature, ah. in the forest, you know, okay. uh, for a picnic outside in the countryside. Yeah. But in Paris, it's really like a city. So you want to sit on a bench. You sit on it's, a bench. It's just all the businessmen <laughs> were sitting on the grass. There were hundreds of people sitting on the grass. Having lunch in their suits. And it <laughs> look, look, for example, maybe the way uh, English should... businessman, you know, uh, the convention. The... <laughs> no, there, there are, <laughs> there are parts. Look, the Mars. I'm just kidding. The Champ de Mars is a is a frisbee yes, festival. Yes, yes, yes. And then, yeah. and then, for example, uh, recently they have added a new uh, garden uh, along the uh, Canal Saint Martin again. Uh, we and we're speaking about it, and it's uh, all, wide open. I mean, if you if you go there, all the people. Yeah, are it just depends on where on you grass. are. Well, like really? Luxembourg yeah. Gardens, very formal, but there is a place in Luxembourg Gardens that's designed for going on the where grass. Where you actually right. yes, And the there you can bring the kids yes. and spread out the blanket. Yes. Some and places are more formal than others and, and, and that's and the way it and is. And the Tuileries yes. uh, Tuileries is example, more formal you're but you're you have some areas to. where yeah. you can... All right, Sharon, uh, this is a very uh, yeah. fascinating discussion where you can sit on the oh, grass yes. in Paris. We could talk about <laughs> Thanks for ages. your call, Sharon. Thank you. Okay, bye now. I'm Rick Steves. We're talking about sitting on the grass in Paris. We're joined by Arnaud Savignon. And William Altman. Am I getting your name right, Arnaud? No, you're not. I'm talking about... Servigna. 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 Because I'm talking about a grape, aren't I? Yes, grape. Sauvignon, yes. Servigna. (laughs) And I'm not a grape. You're not a grape. You're a tour guide (laughs) in Paris. And thank you for joining us here. And William Altman, you have a much easier name. Well, uh, for the French people, I can tell you, they always think that I'm not French. <laughs> You're not, yeah, with that I name. was born and raised in Paris, and mm. I'm French, of course. But of course, but, uh, but, uh, my name uh, doesn't sound French but, at all. But were you Guillaume? It should have been Guillaume, but I was born and raised uh, William. Uh, really? It's, so it's, it's like it's just because I have some family in New Jersey, and uh, your uncle, my uncle, moved to to New York. Uh, it's Willie Altman. So yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Paris. We're talking about walking around Paris. Brian's on the phone in Oceanside, California. Thanks for your call, Brian. Yeah, good to be with you. That's a fun topic. My uh, family actually descends from Paris on my father's side. And I actually lived there a bit in the 80s. I was doing some modeling, but the, you know, the model life isn't what it's cracked up to be, so <laughs> I ended up walking all over the city. And uh, you know, it's a great place because you discover so many uh, things you wouldn't have known they were there. But I always kept running into the same problem you know, even later on as a tourist, um, after you've walked all day around four o'clock, you're pretty exhausted uh-huh. and uh, you get on the Metro and there's about 10 million other people with the same idea. So I was always, you know, kind of wondering what's the best alternative to the Metro when, you know, all the commuters are using it. The best. Yeah, sorry. The best alternative uh, I would say is just sit on the terrace of a cafe and wait. Yeah, you're right. That's an idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a good, good, <laughs> good such, stop. I mean, it's such a French <laughs> answer. I can't. I just that's not why. No, it it's, is. No, it's, it's the best way. I mean, you stop and you, and you watch the people. You I have a, couldn't you have, have a found a better solution. You have a coffee and yes, you relax, you and then and after you take See, the metro. My mind is wired Once so differently. Is I would gone, have, you yes. could take the RER. You could take a bus. You could get a taxi. No, sit, sit in a sit cafe and watch the people. Or now take a bicycle. Wow, that's a new one. I haven't tried that yet. Or, you know, if you you walk less in the day and use more the metro, then you don't have to walk that far on the way back. You know, that's another idea. (laughs) There's your solution, Brian. Thanks for the call. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Okay, bye now. We're talking about different ways to enjoy walking in Paris. You can even walk, enjoy a walk in the museums, literally, when you go to the Grand Gallery in the Louvre. What's the word in French? Uh, La Galerie du Bord de l'eau. That's a very long. It must be like four four or five blocks long, lined with great art. Yes, yes, yes. Also, if you want to see a million skeletons, I would say. Go to the catacombs. They, in Napoleonic times or something, unearthed all of the graveyards in Paris to clean up the city or something. Uh, Yeah, see. uh, Bones. uh, They piled up the uh, the bones. Piled up, yeah. Six millions of Parisians in bones. How many? Six million of Parisians. Six million Parisian skulls. Throughout centuries, huh? And it is an eerie walk. You're entering the the land of the dead. The land of the dead. 
said yes. yes. Uh, and those galleries, uh, by the way, they were just the uh, the quarries, the I mean, pasture of Paris. Quarries. They used the to be well in, of well in quarries. quarries. Yeah. Also, you can hike down. You can hike up the Eiffel Tower, but I like riding the elevator up and taking the stairs down. Walking down, that's more clever. Well, yes. it's actually faster yeah. than taking the elevator. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have to line up. And if you know where to look, you can find the only vineyard in Paris. Yes. In Montmartre, in Montmartre yes. Yeah, so Le Clos. Uh, Clo, isn't it a Sauvignon? Or? Le Clos no, something. Uh, <laughs> what's the name again? Le Clos something? Le Clos uh, Montmartre, Le I think? Montmartre. Le Clos yeah. Montmartre. Yes. And if you want to enjoy the gay community, a little walk through the, the, the gay Marais. neighborhood. The Marais, the Marais, yes. Marais. Yeah. Not and far from the Jewish Quarter. Very yeah. lively and fun. And then here. you've got the Jewish Quarter in the Marais yes, also. Right next to it, yes. Well, except the Jewish Quarter now is, is kind of a disappearing. It's because I think it's moving. A lot of the old generation of a Jewish... Uh, passing Jews, away. I mean, they, they just left. Mm-hmm. So Most there's of them. fewer Jews and more gays yeah. in the Marais. And, and more shops as you have, well. Actually, you have more and more families shops. also. More? More and more families actually in the Marais. Changing its moving a little bit. I enjoyed was the Clignancourt, uh, Court, the, the flea market out there. Clignancourt. That's, Clignancourt. Uh, yeah, that's where the, I lived until uh, recently. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great. Uh, it is yes. lively. Oh, very Every lively. weekend, it's, very, it's very that's the, people. the vast market, the vast yes. flea market. You can buy anything from a rug to the most beautiful, yeah. expensive furniture ever possible. I've enjoyed walking through Paris with uh, Arnaud Savignon and William Altman. William, if you could uh, take us to one last little spot for a nice walk in Paris, what would you be sure that we experience on our next walk in Paris? I would take you to uh, a new district. I mean, it's a brand new uh, district around the, the new library. And uh, the new library is a big, huge four towers built up uh, along the uh, Seine River, a bit uh, east of the city. Uh, uh, you bypass uh, the uh, Gare de Lyon, Gare uh, the, the, the train station. And then uh, just around the, uh, this area, I mean, it's, the construction is, are not the best uh, because it's a new type of construction and it doesn't uh, fit uh, oh, the, the idea of I, you I have like of it. Paris. But... Mm. It became a, a new, uh, a, a new district. I sort mean, of a people zone. Uh, now. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot the, of the, the energy new, there with the people and the new families. And what's that uh, neighborhood called? It's called uh, la bibliothèque, Saint Emilion, la bibliothèque. So if you ask for the bibliothèque Mitterrand, because Metro Line 14. Okay, so bibliothèque Mitterrand. Okay, Metro Line 14. It takes you direct ten minutes from the opera. Is that right? Okay. Yes. And that's what is Paris today. And Arnaud, apart from Mitterrand's new library, where would you take us? I would take you to an old district, in fact, just uh, right next to the Bastille Square. Um, You keep going on the Rue Saint-Antoine. Across, it becomes Faubourg Saint-Antoine. And there is the area of the furniture maker, which used to be, you know, uh, working there for uh, decades and centuries. And you've got lots of hidden courtyards, so you can, you know, push the doors and there's a courtyard with shops inside or schools, whatever, cobblestones and plants. Beautiful little shops. Yes, little shops. Very hidden Paris where nobody goes except Parisians. And And what would you call that neighborhood? uh, Faubourg Saint-Antoine. Saint-Antoine. Faubourg Saint-Antoine. So from the Bastille Square, Yep. it's right there. Right there. You know, uh, from the opera. I gotcha. Left of the opera, you keep going. William and Arnaud, merci bien. You're welcome. Thank you. Avec plaisir, monsieur. Ça fait un plaisir, oui. Paris, je m'ennuie de toi, mon vieux. On se retrouvera tous les deux. Mon grand Paris. As you walk all over Paris, there's plenty of little lush and hidden parks. They're scattered all over the town. These are places where you can find a bench with a view and rest a spell. Up next, Elaine Ciolino shares her enthusiasm for the hidden gardens of Paris and suggests a few of her favorites. We're at 877-333-RICK. You could travel all your life to Paris and never stumble onto some of the city's magical and charming little corners. Joining us by phone now from her Garden View apartment in Paris is Elaine Ciolino. Elaine has served as the Paris bureau chief for the New York Times, and she continues as a foreign correspondent while finishing her new book, Seduction à la Française. Her article in the Times on the hidden gardens of Paris caught our attention, so we've invited her to join us here on Travel with Rick Steves to fill us in on some of the lesser-known gems she enjoys as a way to take a break in the city. 
Paris must be the most celebrated city for American travelers in Europe, and people can go there all their lives and not find some of the magical little corners. Today we're joined by a woman who's lived there for 10 years, writing for the New York Times. Elaine Sciolino wrote an article called The Hidden Gardens of Paris, and she joins us now by phone from Paris to talk about some of the delights, some of the green and, and peaceful delights that you might miss on your next trip to Paris. Elaine, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. What an exciting article that you wrote in the New York Times, Hidden Gardens of Paris. And uh, people don't realize that. What are there, like 400 parks in the town that people can, can pop in on? Oh, there's probably now close to 500 garden squares, parks, promenades, elevated railways uh, that can be celebrated and enjoyed and discovered. Now, these don't just happen. You've got leadership in Paris that makes it happen. Uh, tell me how the mayors have contributed to that recently. Well, Jacques Chirac, uh, who was president here for uh, 12 years, when he was mayor of Paris, wanted to uh, expand his power, and he only had a small area to do it in, and he decided to turn Paris green. As the one of the gardeners of Paris, the guy who's the head of the Jardin des Plantes, said Chirac was a great lover, so he understood the importance of gardens and uh, hidden spaces in Paris and how romantic it would make the city. You know, for an intense city, I, I guess that makes a lot of sense. You need, just it's a matter of your quality of life and your civilization. You need a little peaceful, shady place with a bench to, to duck around the corner, don't you? Yes, and what people don't realize is, you know, how subversive it is. You really have to learn how to look at these spaces. I mean, for example, you have to go to the Notre Dame. It's the most visited place in Paris. But you come out of Notre Dame, you're, 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 you just need a break. And all you have to do is walk across the street to a hospital called the Hotel Dieu and go in, and it's free, and it's the most wonderful sculpted garden, uh, and it's an oasis of calm. And a few steps away, uh, there's the Square Viviani, which has the oldest tree in the world and also one of the best uh, views of Paris. So now, I've always looked at that Hotel Dieu. It's, it's an elegant, classic building, which is a, a historic hospital right there. That's right. To the left exactly. of the Notre Dame as you're facing it. That's right. Just walk in. Like, and, and you can and, walk into that courtyard. you know what you're doing. Yes. Yeah, walk in like you know what you're doing. That's, boy, that's a good travel tip. And I would imagine they figure gardens are, are just good medicine. I mean, it's a Absolutely. There's a whole philosophy in French medicine that started centuries ago that you needed gardens to help people to cure. You say a lot of the gardens are, I love this phrase, you called it a celebration of symmetry. What do you mean by that? Well, a lot of gardens are very formal, and we Americans have to get used to this idea that there's not very much that's whimsical or wild in many of the Parisian gardens. They're beautifully sculpted. They're beautifully crafted. You've got bushes that are in, in the shape of cones mm -hmm. or little snakes. And it's it's a way for us, you know, we Americans who tend to be kind of messy and sloppy tourists to sort of think elegantly, think in a whole new way. As a matter of fact, there are nice gravel stretches with, with elegant benches that you sit on and you look at the lawn. I think there's a joke in Paris that the definition of a split second is the time it takes for you to step on the lawn and for a policeman to blow his whistle. Yes, but you know what's happened? I lived here in the late um, 1970s and early 1980s, and many of the public lawns were off-limits to walkers, and now most of them are okay to sit on. So oh, that's great. the lawns of Paris have become <laughs> great picnic areas. Oh, I love it. You go to the Luxembourg Garden, and it's just a festival of families and lovers and retired people and children chasing balloons. By the way, I'm speaking with uh, Elaine Sciolino, and Elaine writes for the New York Times. She's working on a book right now called The Seduction à la Française, talking about, uh, well, the seductive aspect of, of French culture, and that'll be out, uh, published by New York Times Books. It'll be out in, uh, in 2011. Uh, Elaine, when we're talking about these gardens, a lot of times I get almost uh, a scene that reminds me of a Monet painting, and then I realize that a lot of the gardens were actually created in the 19th century during this Impressionist time, it's no wonder that you recreate some of these romantic, impressionistic scenes even today when you enjoy the gardens of Paris. You mentioned how a garden it can be a place where you see kids with balloons and people hanging out and entertaining themselves. And a garden like the Luxembourg Gardens, which we think we know, changes its complexion depending on the time of the day. I mean, it would be very gauche to go jogging in the Luxembourg Gardens in the afternoon <laughs> because everybody's going to be all dressed up and made up and watching you sitting in those 
those wonderfully metal benches. You've got to go in the morning when all the French joggers are out if you really want to fit in. This is very sensitive, very important, and something you've learned, I guess, from living in Paris for 10 years, that there's an appropriate time to go jogging. When you think about the elegant gardens and the formal gardens, like Luxembourg Garden, you also have the flip side of that, um, and you, you write about a square carpeau, for instance. Well, the square carpeau is, is less a wild garden than it is a very, what they call, populaire or working-class garden. So if, if your listeners want to feel as if they really belong in Paris, they should go to the 18th arrondissement, which is near where Montmartre is, and the Sacré-Cœur, and go to this square where, where the, the statues are sometimes a little bit broken, but you can go and pretend you're French. You can go there with a sandwich and hang out with real French people. You're not going to find any tourists there. I, I call it the anti-Luxembourg. I love that. Because the- it's, it's, it's normal people, not people dressed up to be seen and, and, and see. Yeah, the anti-Luxembourg. And, and that square is spelled C-A-R-P-E-A-U-X. And you've got some of those um, permanent outdoor ping-pong tables there. And, and just it's a place where the, the people who live in, probably who live in apartments and small flats, go to have a little bit of a yard for their families. And that's why these squares were built. They were built as sort of gardens or outdoor living rooms for normal people. Elaine, thinking of connecting with Parisian village life, the more you know Paris, the more you see it as a bunch of neighborhoods and so on. Each arrondissement has its own personality and, and pride. Talk a little bit about the village life you might find in these small hidden gardens, puppet shows, concerts, bulls, and so on. Well, again, I mean, I live in, a, I have to confess, in a very chic area of Paris, the 7th arrondissement near the Rodin Museum and near the um, the Bon Marché department store. Um, what you have to do is go to some place like the Luxembourg Garden, go early and see that if you play your cards right, your kids are going to be able to ride a pony, you're going to be able to play tennis, there's going to be some kind of musician or concert, and it's all free, which is another aspect of the gardens of Paris. You come out of um, the Louvre or you come out of Sacré-Cœur, and you don't want to be with a lot of tourists. You don't want to be just piled on and with just too many people. And so gardens are refuges where you can hang out for free. And sometimes you can find nobody. For example, one of my favorite places, and it's a secret place, and I hate, hated to even mention it in my article, is something called the Valley Suisse, the Swiss Valley. Mm. It's right across the street from the Grand Palais Museum. You can't find it, though, unless you know it's there, because you have to look at this marble frieze and know that there are staircases that lead downstairs to this very hidden space where you'll find these wonderful park benches and waterfalls and ducks. And so it's a little a, escape, a Swiss valley in the middle of Paris, just off the Champs-Élysées. That's right. And, uh, and, I, and I have to confess that the, the rocks and the little uh, footbridge are fake. They're made out of concrete. Right. But they look real, and it's the coolest place. It's the coolest secret garden in Paris. This is Travel with Rick Steves. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. And Janet's on the phone in Easton, Maryland. Janet, thanks for your call. Hi. Question for Elaine? Yes. Um, Elaine, I'm a gardener, and uh, we are going back to Paris pretty soon. We have seen some of the major gardens, the Luxembourg Gardens and Tulieri, and I was wondering if um, you could make some suggestions of some gardens in the Marais, which is the Jewish area, or the Latin Quarter, and Belleville. Last year we were in the Marais, and we did stumble upon a garden that was outside of the, I believe it was the Paris Museum there in the Marais. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite one in the Marais, the Musée Carnavalet, the Museum yes. of Paris. Uh-huh. Are there any other small gardens Well, in talk the about that garden for a minute. It sounds really interesting. Yes. Well, that's, that's an extraordinary garden because the physical setting is so beautiful. And right. uh, it's, it's got wonderful arches, and it really is an oasis of calm with wonderfully curved bushes that make you feel as if they're going to be moving. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's so wonderful to come out of that museum, which is a very dense museum on the city of Paris, and to be in this extraordinary space. It is it's very calming. And we walked through the Marais, and, uh, of course, we were in the Place des Vosges, Bosch, Bosch. That's a, that, Well, you got the two best ones. <laughs> yeah, and you, you did good. We just kind of, it was a Sunday morning, and it was early, and 
we just enjoy just sauntering, you know, through some of the, the side streets. And are there any other small gardens in the Marais? Or? You know, the Marais is one of the areas, I have to tell you, that's most garden-free. Okay. It's one of the oldest neighborhoods in right. Paris, so the buildings hmm. are very dense and right on top of each other. And I sometimes mm-hmm. feel I have to get away from the Marais to mm-hmm. uh, really uh, escape. Okay. I mean, I would urge you to take you a walk from the Marais and go over to uh, the Jardin Tino Rossi, which has the most wonderful sculptures. It's right on okay. the Seine River. And go take tango and salsa lessons for free on Sunday afternoons. Okay. It, because it blends everything. You've got wonderful plantings and extraordinarily diverse trees and foliage just set with these wonderful sculptures. And then these, this sort of movable group of French people come and they picnic there and... Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody dances. So this is tango lessons for free on Sunday mornings? It's usually Sunday afternoon. And what, um, what is the name of the garden again, Elaine? Tino Rossi. Tino Rossi. How, how yes. do you spell that, Elaine? R-O-S-S-I. It's actually mentioned in my article. And right. um, there's a wonderful website called Paris Walking Tours that will also give you a guide to some of the parks and gardens in Paris. Janet, okay. we're going to have to move along. Janet, thanks for your call. All right. Well, thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Boy, I'll, I'll tell you, in the Marais, just to enjoy the sandbox there in the Place des Vosges with the local families coming and playing, and that is a delightful thing. Absolutely. It's and, just, yes. and then there's that, uh, what is the Maison Sully or nearby? Yes. Where you go into yes. the garden of this elegant mansion, and they've got the concrete or the stone frame of a rose window from a church down in the garden, and you can put your family and your friends in the different spaces defined by the tracery of the rose window. And take a photograph. It's one of my favorite photographs in Paris. Now, you see, I didn't know that. So you see how Paris is a place of <laughs> constant discovery? It is. I can hardly <laughs> wait to get back. We have Stuart on the line in Boise, Idaho. Stuart, thanks for your call. Thank you, Rick. Hello, and hello, Elaine. A uh, comment and a question. Uh, last year, after we finished our uh, tour, ending up in, in Paris, my wife and I spent a few extra days, and one of the days we walked up to Parc Monceau, definitely not one of the small parks, but... We have some artwork from 1982, and one of those pieces of artwork had a, was Parc Monceau, and it had a, a picture of this very sculpted tree. And we said, let's go see if we can find it. And we walked through, and we actually found it. I mean, it was oh really gosh. clear that that was, it was amazing that we found it. We took a picture of it. It looks great. But we also noticed that that park really seems to be broken up into several areas. So even though it's a huge park, it seems like small parks. Can you comment on that, or are there other parks, or is that common, or what? Well, one of the reasons some of the parks have that kind of intimate feel of you know, a, a living outdoor apartment is that parts of parks sometimes once belonged to a private home so that they were sort of blended afterwards. But there's also the sense of wanting to have some intimacy in even the big parks, so that a park like the Parc Monceau, a park like the, the Jardin des Plantes, have secret hideaways, and that's what's so much fun about Discovery, is that you can walk through a big park, and unless you really know that you should go you know, up the hill and find the pergola or down into the ground and through the tunnel and find the secret place, uh, which is the best place in Paris to kiss, you, you, you miss out on a lot. It almost sounds like Paris parked through the back door. Stuart, there's a book, I think, cooking up there. Thanks for your well, call. Well, not only that, but the <laughs> other thing you need to tell your listeners is that, you know, there are places where you, there's one of my favorite little parks where there you can get a free toilet, which if you play your cards right, I'm going to tell you where it is. <laughs> Thank you so much, Elaine. Thank you, Rick. Stuart, thanks for your call. I'm Rick Bye-bye. Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been speaking with Elaine Sciolino, and we're talking about the hidden gardens of Paris. Elaine writes for the New York Times, and she's working on a, a new book called The Seduction a la Francaise, getting a little more intimate look at French culture and French beautiful urban spaces. Elaine, let's just finish off with, you mentioned the best place to kiss in Paris. Uh, there's a place you wrote about in your article in the Jardin des Plantes. You're writing a book called The Seduction a la Francaise. It just seems appropriate. Take us to that spot where you think is the most romantic little corner in Paris? Well, if you go to the Jardin des Plantes, from the outside, it just it looks like a vast open space. So you've got to know that there is a place called the Alpine Valley. You have to descend. You have to go through a tunnel. And when you go through on the other end, you'll find this flowery area with a craggy stream. And it, it really is a wonderful place where you can have your 
private kiss. Um, I discovered it because the director of the Jardin des Plantes took me there, and he was he's this very romantic type who said, uh, you know, he, he grew up, his mother had been a concierge in the neighborhood, and so he grew up, he learned how to walk there. He also met his wife there. So for him, finding the romantic spots in his garden is a very special sort of um, task. Elaine, thanks for giving us a, an intimate look at a at an underappreciated dimension of the City of Light, Paris. Thank you. Merci beaucoup et à bientôt, j'espère. <laughs> All right. Et le vent du nord les emporte dans la Next time you're enjoying a quiet moment in a Parisian garden or savoring any little getaway that inspires you, write a poem. There's a link for you to send us your haiku about your travels. It's in the radio section of ricksteves.com. Here are a few from our listeners we thought you might enjoy. Sue Tomlin of Mount Vernon, Illinois, sent us this haiku she wrote about something she experienced in Paris. Two girls help us out. Language barriers overcome. Stereotypes gone. One of today's callers on the show sent us this travel haiku as a follow-up about walking in Paris. This is from Lise in Puyallup, Washington. Strolling Paris streets, dreamlike, minus the blisters, metro tomorrow. And Crash Brown from Santa Rosa Beach, Florida, sent us these haiku about his train travels in Europe. Night train rocks gently. Cuddled in Couchette's womb, good wine sips easy. Rocketing along, destination new, unseen, thoughts buzzing, unslept. Lover close, eyes lit, vacation is release. Far away, the place. Travel with Rick Steves is produced by Tim Tatton at Europe Through the Back Door in Edmonds, Washington. Thanks to Cheryl Harris for reading today's haiku. You can send us your original travel haiku or a short essay about where you live. Details are in the radio department at ricksteves.com. And join us again next week for more Travel with Rick Steves. Rick Steves has spent a third of his adult life in Europe researching and writing guidebooks. His classic Europe Through the Back Door, freshly updated this year, teaches the skills of smart travel. At Rick Steves' online travel store, you'll also find guidebooks for France, Paris, Provence and the Riviera, and Rick's French phrasebook. To learn more about Rick's guidebooks for France and beyond, visit the travel store at ricksteves.com.